Something New is supported by listeners like you. Visit PayPal.com and help this podcast continue to grow, thrive, and be a part of the creative conversation. Are you working on something new? Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to another episode of Something New, episode 313. Uh, I'm your host, Chilby New. It is currently Sunday morning, Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, moms out there. And I'm sitting here with my dog, who's probably going to make many cameos, and I'm enjoying some coffee, or at least I'm about to. You know, I use a, I use a French press, and which requires you to boil water. And I don't know if you know this, but boiled water is really hot, and so I just have to, like, wait for an unfair amount of time for the coffee to cool before I can put my lips upon it. So really I'm just like letting it, uh, what's what's that word? Seep? I'm letting it seep? So I'm trying this new thing where I'm going to start the episode just kind of catching you up on what I've been up to the last two weeks or like uh, specifically like different theatrical things I've seen and uh, kind of putting my <laughs> putting my much needed stamp of endorsement upon them. So, uh, so, so, so before we get to our guest this week, that's what we're here to do. Uh, I just wanted to overemphasize one more time my gratitude for my duplex concert that happened on April 24th. We were completely sold out, which was a lovely, lovely surprise. And um, thank you again for, for coming and or downloading the episode or just thinking about it on that day and going, Oh, hey, Joel has a concert today. That's nice. Anyway, what do you want for breakfast? And um, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be doing it again, probably in the fall, just because this summer is crazy town. So look for info on that in the fall. Probably be adding some songs. Um, it was a little short, probably like two or three songs short, and um, and switching some songs around and all that good stuff. So look for that. Uh, let's see, this last week, or recently, the, the Tony Award nominations came out, and those all looked good. That's my official <laughs> opinion on it. I was really glad to see Sting's The Last Ship being nominated for new uh, for, for, for Best Score, because I thought that was pretty extraordinary. Um, of course, Fun Home, and I kind of hope it sweeps. I was sad to see... Not enough love going to It Should Have Been You, which I went to and I had such a lovely time. Like, I was smiling and laughing the whole, pretty much the whole time. I mean, like, the, well, there, there really is, like, no time to not do those things um, because it is, it's a one act and it's just, you know, they keep hitting you with these moments and hitting you with these songs. And I thought it was just utterly delightful. And you can't leave that show not feeling. Good. I may also be a little bit biased because I know um, a lot of people who were involved in the making and the uh, performing of that show. God, I hope this open monologue doesn't become Joel dropping names. That would be disgusting. My coffee is still too hot to drink, just BT dubs. Uh, let's see. Recently, I saw a. Um, I saw a closed presentation of, uh, of my friend Matt Wilson's one-man show clown baggage and uh, Matt was on my second season and he um, and 
And that solo show is being directed by Stephanie Sign, his wife, who was also on my first season of Something New. Check that out. And I think I've seen every incarnation of Clown Baggage there's been. For those of you who don't know, Clown Baggage is a, as I said, a, a one-man show. And it's basically about like Matt's journey uh, deciding for himself or with himself or against himself whether he was going to go into uh, the medical field or he was going to become a professional clown. It's such an interesting, personal, specific story, and it's told in such wonderful, unexpected ways that only Matt Wilson can pull off. And I'm so proud of him, and I'm so proud of Steph, and I can't wait to see it continue to grow up. Because it's walking, it's talking, it's not just a baby anymore. It's probably like a, you know, a tween at this point. I would call the show a tween. So I love Matt, I love Steph, I love Clown Baggage, and you should too. Go to clownbaggage.com, I believe, and you can uh, keep yourself apprised of where that piece is going and when you will be able to see snippets of it. I believe that Matt is be is involved in the Encores Off-Center uh, A New Brain that's happening this summer, so you should check that out because that's pretty freaking awesome. My dog is eating one of his cotton plush toys, and I feel like I should stop him, but, I mean, it's just cotton. You know, I'm such a, I'm such an overprotective dog daddy in so many other aspects of his life. I'm like, you know what, in this aspect, you just, you just go to town. You just, I mean, I do eventually throw out his plush toys because he does just maim them. Um, but it's also keeping him very quiet while I do this really enjoyable opening monologue. Let's see, we talked about... We talked and didn't talk about the Tonys, uh, Clown Baggage, um, let's see. Oh, uh, New York Theater Barn recently had a... It's their annual spring series. It was called Gotta Dance, a Choreography Conversation. Uh, that was on May 3rd at Symphony Space. And that was really cool. I mean, like, they got some really big names. I'm just opening up the, the program. Uh, let's see. The, panel, the, the, the panelists included uh, choreographers uh, Patricia Birch, Camille A. Brown, Sam Davis, Larry Hockman, Joanne M. Hunter, and Josh Prince. And those were choreographers. There was an arranger and an orchestrator up there. Um, some, like, really, really smart cookies. And, um, and then there were cookies after the show. <laughs> but, uh, but it was a really, really enjoyable experience, and I love New York Theatre Barn, and I, um, yeah, I just can't say enough good things about them. But I haven't had my coffee yet, so this is getting briefer by the moment. But no, seriously, it was really cool to listen to choreographers talk about their craft, especially in terms of developing new work, and how and when they like to be part of the quote-unquote creative team, and I found that really, really refreshing and encouraging and exciting. And of course, now I want to work with all of those choreographers, which may have been the point, I don't know. I saw, I recently saw my friend Aaron McCracken's, um cabaret at Don't Tell Mama, and I think it's called Thank God I'm a Country Girl, and she did a set of country songs in the middle of the theater district, 
and in New York. And, like, that juxtaposition alone was very exciting to me. And the fact that she's just a consummate performer and a killer vocalist. And the arrangements uh, done by uh, MD Drew Wetke were just stellar, out of this world. Like, you're hearing country sounds come from this New York uh, piano bar, and I just loved that so much. And uh, she's doing it one more time. Um, I do not have the date in front of me, so you should just go to Aaron McCracken's website or go to Don't Tell Mama, and you should totally go. I also recently saw a production of Chess at the New York Film Academy. That was a nice last-minute spontaneous thing to go to. I went with my friend Karen Elliott, and that was really fun. You know, I as as, as theater nerds uh, will probably agree, you, it's not every day that you get to see a production of Chess. And um, like these kids, and, and they were kids. Like I just I can't believe they were handling this material and and. <laughs> and belting as well as they were. It was pretty impressive. I asked one of the producers afterwards, I was like, what is the average, what's, what's the average age of, of the cast members? And he said 19. And, um, and then I uh, pooped myself because I'm so old. It was wonderful. And then I f- found out that um, my friend Joshua Zechariah was the MD and up there and, pro- and I like, con- condensed that, over- that, that orchestra like it's nobody's business. And um, so huge kudos to him. Huge, huge kudos to the cast. Oh, I will also say that I have never seen a group of people more excited to perform One Night in Bangkok in my life. Because these are all kids like 19, figuring out what they want to do with their lives, uh, both uh, spiritually, but also physically and sexually. And and these kids, uh, they were they were gunning for it, and um, and that was that was something to um, to behold. <laughs> Uh, let's see, I also had a nice walk and talk with my friend Sherry Sanders, who is the creator of the Rock the Audition slash Rock the Performance uh, revolution that's happening in musical theater right now. And she shared some pretty cool things with me that uh, that her new uh, endeavor, Rock the Performance, is uh, on its way to becoming. And... It's some pretty cool stuff, guys. I'm probably not at liberty. I'm definitely not at liberty liberty to talk about it more than I have just now. But you guys should get ready. She continues to change the game. And I'm so honored to know her. And I'm honored that she was on my show. Uh, By far my most popular episode. And I'm just really, really excited for everyone to see more of the magic that is Sherry Sanders. I'm also looking forward to some things that are coming up in my neck of the woods, and if you're around, I would love for you to join me. Um, I'm going to my dear friend Katie Pettit's benefit event that's happening on May 18th, and it's called I Could Never Love Anyone. She's created this piece of, of theater dance that is so evocative and so exciting um, I'm just going to start reading some stuff from her um, her email blasts. We only get one body, one life, one chance to live to our fullest and be the best we can be for our loved ones and ourselves. I Could Never Love Anyone is striving to ignite this conversation and instigate change in the way we talk about and treat addiction and those suffering from its grasp. 
and Katie invites us to make her cause our focus on Monday night, May 18th at 7.30pm at the Hostel International Ballroom on Amsterdam and 103rd. Oh, that's good to know where I'm going. Uh, <laughs> and then she provides a link to purchase uh, $20 tickets. A portion of proceeds will be donated to the New Hope Manor in Berryville, New York. The staff there are doing their part to help women battling addiction. They offer educational classes, job skills, and re-entry transitional housing in Terrytown as part of their extraordinary work. This is all very exciting. And I saw uh, an earlier incarnation of I Could Never Love Anyone, and it's just gorgeous. I I can't even describe... I can't, Apparently I can't describe anything well this morning, but, but I really can't explain just the real the, the magic stuff that Katie Pettit is doing um, in her career as a director and choreographer and special special offer for my something new listeners if going to um, I can never love anyone is in your wheelhouse I have a I have an exclusive discount code for you that's right dear listeners if you go to purchase your tickets and you enter the code love may 18. Uh, not to be confused with love, May, uh, love, May, L-O-V-E-M-A-Y-1-8, and you will get a discount of $2. And I know that probably doesn't sound like enough, but 18 versus 20, um, basically kind of, uh, does away with the website's, uh, service charge, which is nice, and I'm really grateful for Katie to offering this exclusive discount to the Something New listeners. So go check that out, and I hope to see you all at I Could Never Love Anyone. Also, uh, the following day on May 19th, my friend Abital Asulin is hosting her next installment of the uh, Choreography Lab, uh, hosted by the New York Theatre Barn. And I think the theme is, like, reinterpreting classic Broadway musical numbers. Oh, my coffee is ready to drink now, you guys. This is great. This is great. This has been a great distraction as I, instead of just, like, sitting here, like, waiting for my coffee to get cool, I got to talk to you. So go see Katie Pettit's I Could Never Love Anyone on the 18th, and then go to Avi's Choreography Lab on the 19th. And the the Choreography Lab, if I recall correctly, is, is a free endeavor. They pass a bucket around at the end to kind of cover uh, space, uh, rehearsal space and things like that. Uh, they're not out to make their fortune on the lab. They're out to help theater choreographers have a time and space and a deadline. And I can't tell you how important all of those things are and how sometimes rare those things feel. So I will be both at both of those events, and I encourage you to be at them as well. Okay, I think that about does it. I've talked about the past, I've talked about the present, talked about the future. Now, let's talk about my guest, Joshua Hink. I'm so excited that he got to be on my show. He's got a 54 Below concert coming up, and uh, I, I have a song. I have a brand new song featured in that. You've never heard it. Um, you've probably never heard anything like it. It is, it is, it is fun and interesting, and I'm really uh, flattered that he asked me to write something for his concert. So you should come and sit with me at that as well. I think there's a discount code out there floating around. I mean, just just look for it. I'm sure I'll be posting about it as well. Joshua Hink is also the host of the New York Wednesdays web series, where he interviews musical theater writers and sings something from their canon. We didn't talk about it in the episode, but he asked me to also write 
um, one of the theme songs for New Work Wednesdays, and um, and I did, and it's super cute and super fun, I think. And I sent it to him with me singing it, just to show him what it was, and with with the <laughs> with the presumption that we were going to have a quote-unquote real singer do it. Um, I thought maybe he would do it or, or something. I don't know what I was thinking. But um, but I sent it over, and he's like, this is great, thanks. And then before I knew it, it was me singing his theme song. <laughs> so that's really special, and um, that, that makes that makes me blush. And um, during, the, during this interview episode, the moment we start talking about New York Wednesdays, I do uh, vainly plug the theme song in there so you can hear it and um because that's that's how i roll okay i think that I, I think for real that really about does it i'm gonna enjoy this coffee which is now at uh the perfect temperature and i'm gonna take this uh plush toy away from strider and we're probably gonna watch a couple of episodes of grace and frankie on netflix starring jane fonda and lily tomlin because that's kind of what this weekend has turned into in addition to meetings and recording podcasts and writing and things like that you know but but really it's been about grace and frankie who am i kidding so um yeah hey buddy all right so there's that and here we go with the official beginning of of episode 313 of something new Are you this is joel b new and you're listening to something new my chance to talk with the savviest performers i know to hear their stories and get to the heart of what makes them the working multifaceted artists they have come to be Today's guest artist is a human, born in the land of lakes. As an actor, he has worked with Nylon Fusion, the History Theater, Nautilus Music Theater, Minnesota Opera, Ordway Center, toured North America with Barney the Dinosaur, and spent over a year singing at the Mouse Kingdom in Tokyo. He's currently working on Mess, his third cabaret in the city, which will be performed on May 16th at 54 Below. He is the creator and producer of New Work Wednesdays, an interview web series that celebrates and showcases individuals who write new musical theater. He loves adventure, skinny dipping, and the right amount of tipsy. His family refused to take him to the production of Cats on a road trip one summer. As revenge, he played the cast album on repeat in the car. He has still never seen a production of Cats. How tragic. Obviously, I'm talking about Joshua Hink. Joshua Hink, thanks for being on my show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> that is a very fun. Obviously. Yeah, that kind of became a catchphrase uh, from the very beginning. And I just kind of stuck as catchphrases I want to do. Um, how are you today? I'm well. I, yeah. you know, mentally exhausted. And yeah, yeah. You just came from a, a nymph audition. I did. Yes. Yeah. How did that go? It went really well. They they yeah. said this is not the role for you. Please come back and do something else. Okay. <laughs> and are you going to go back? Yes. I am. So so Joshua Hank, I met you um, via email. Like you had emailed me. Yes. Um, as um, as an admirer <laughs> of my work and. I'm 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 uh, by default a my admirer of people who are admirers of mine, and um, and then uh, quickly thereafter we became fast friends, and um, I think you're awesome, and I love everything that you're doing, and so that's why I have you on the show today. Oh, it's great to be here, and I think it was actually when I was working on my last cabaret, mm-hmm. puzzled, uh, puzzled, uh, which was about my time in Tokyo, uh, and. Yeah, use one of your you songs. Had, yeah, you the, had a, some uh, a guy saying, "Let's take a wrong turn." Let's take a wrong turn. Back. Yes. Yeah, that was really. Have fun. I ever even shown you a video of that? You so. have. I have. Yeah, good, it's good. on my Tumblr. <laughs> Follow me on Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest, as they say, is history. 
So, uh, so I want to just dive right into um, New Work Wednesdays. Great. It's New Work Wednesdays, singing songs and interviewing. New Work Wednesdays, asking writers what they're doing. Catch a glimpse at how they think. Now here's your host, Joshua Hink. I said in his bio, it is a web series where he interviews new emerging musical theater writers, and uh, I had the privilege of being on his very first season, episode two, and um, there's been a lot of really cool people on it. So just kind of what made you to decide to, to develop a web series? If we like shoot back to college, long, long ago. <laughs> I uh, doubt that. <laughs> and <laughs> there were really only two musical theater composers that kind of graced my ears through school. And I went to a small school in the yeah. Midwest. And who, who were those writers? Uh, we had Scott Allen. Okay. And Jason Robert Brown. I was going to say, I was like, I could have guessed one of them was going to be Jerry. Um, moving out to New York and then starting to meet and collaborate with different composers and meeting them as humans and meeting them as people and seeing that there's so much life behind the songs that they're writing that really perked my curiosity and I wanted to share these lives with other people on top of their music. Uh, and it, it's my dream that, like, it helps people discover artists that they relate to mm-hmm. apart from, I like an up-tempo and I like a ballad. It's, this person has gone through experiences similar to me and they write yeah. for... And they're people and they have some people. of humor. Yeah. And, yeah, no, I've really enjoyed watching my, frankly, my friends get on your show and talk about how they got into this and what, you know, what turns them on and what doesn't. And it's it's a really, really exciting series. Mm-hmm. So you're in the middle of your second season right now, right? Yeah, we, we're on a little break right now. And right. then the summer, I guess you could call it like our third session. We've kind of been okay. doing chunks of uh, strings of episodes. Yeah. How many episodes are you at now? We have 21 filmed. Wow. 15 have been released. That's crazy. So we have another six coming out this summer in a block, uh, which I'm really excited about. And yeah. We, and it's been fun to watch the production qualities go up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, 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 I mean, I'm sometimes ambitious, and I was <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to do a video thing. And, and when your eyes not, are bigger than your stomach. Yeah, and yeah. not do lighting and sound. And now we're starting to incorporate, like we had a whole light set up and lit the entire thing and that's awesome multi-angle cameras and Ooh. I don't know what the hell I'm All doing right. it's just <laughs> no I feel you my, my first season was in my apartment and my second season like we're in, I'm in my third season and we're in a soundproof booth and that's yeah that's exciting I know I feel to move like on up in the world right you could like go crazy in here and you could and no one would hear you scream no one except me, me. and all the listeners and all the listeners the thousands of listeners on the subway <laughs> going to work getting your coffee um, oh, here comes that mariachi band. <laughs> we don't have the rights to that song. Do you? Do you? There's a, the, Do you? Have you taken like the end train late at night where there's this like woman that rolls around and by seven o'clock her voice is like kind of nice and she's singing full out and then by one in the morning she's like. No, no, I don't take the end anymore. Yeah. I'm sorry wah, wah. you missed her. Now you said we earlier when you were talking about the web series. Who's the we? Is it royal we or do you have collaborators? <laughs> <laughs> um, since the beginning of the project, 
I knew that like it's it's too big of a task to take on alone, and so my like assistant and gopher and makeup and basically any task imaginable that I needed a hand with. Uh, Anne Maria Rosano, who I met through the Jen Waldman Studio about back in 2012, 2011, I don't know, 2012, um, has been there to help film on the day of, and she's. My lovely professional makes me look better. Um, gets coffee and waters for everyone. That's she really nice. she showed up one day, like the first day of filming, and she had a six pack of water. And we were filming three people, and she was like, "Well, I thought it would look better if we had extra water." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't think about that. You know, I mean, th- there was ample water when I went. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a good. And you know, you, I, a lot of the time I'm meeting them for the first time yeah. at that point and my head is like oh my gosh and like <laughs> just like running around the room like I'm a yeah. gerbil and I enjoyed working with you I had never been to etc cetera, etc cetera, and it was a beautiful setup yes and like you had two ladies helping you that day yes yeah and was one of them uh, one of them was Anne Marie and I believe the other one was Ellen Lindsay who's no longer <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> collaborators come, collaborators go. Collaborators do come and go, um, but Anne Marie has been there since the inception. That's nice, uh, and I love her. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. You, um, you know, can I can I share one of your secrets? Yeah. What's... So, so he had just finished recording Joe Iconis' episode, and I come in, and uh, Joshua was getting changed because he wanted the episode to look like it had been filmed on another day, and I just Bing Bang Boom. And um, and I've I've been definitely been guilty of that. I've recorded a couple. I've done like two episodes in one day. Yeah, we do film maybe six, like three one day and then three the next day. That's how Wheel of Fortune does it. Yeah, so you know. and I I love game shows and I think that you should model life after them and kind yeah. of make the stakes a million dollars all the time. Uh, so having. Anne-Marie also does wardrobe, where like, I'll bring my closet, and she'll bring the wrinkle release, and she'll be like, wear this and this and this. Uh, it's amazing to have that person. That support system is really nice. It, it is. It's also, my entire wardrobe was on camera by the end of the first season. <laughs> so I was like, oh, man, now I need to like be creative about how I layer. And, but et cetera, et cetera, has been so great um, about letting us film there. Do you continue continue to film there? Yeah, we've filmed all 21 episodes there. No s***. Um, minus one, which was Drew's. I was going to say, I was like, I saw Drew's. Ripley. Nice. Ripley, but yeah, it's been there. They have a lovely grand piano and they have a lovely cabaret space. And yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a nice, nice little secret. secret. Yeah. yeah. I like <sighs> secrets. <laughs> we'll get more into that later. Oh, you're great. So, so 21 episodes uh, of the ones that have aired, who can you name a couple of people? Yeah, might be familiar with or should um, be. So in the first season, we had Drew Gasparini, Joe Iconis, yep. Joel B. New, who oh is sitting next love to me. Him. Love him. Uh, <laughs> uh, let me, uh, Ryan Scott Oliver, Miller and Tyson, and then... Do you have Anna Jacobs on it? Anna K. Jacobs was mm-hmm. on. Uh, Kamala Shankaram, Stephanie Johnstone. Jen Eden. Jen Eden. Uh... I mean, there's 21. Eric Dietz. He has a song in your concert coming up. He does. I'm very excited about that. He does have that. a song. All right. But more on the concert later. <laughs> yes. <I just. laughs> um, That's cool. So, um, 
So who... Oh, Rachel. Um, those are people yeah. coming up. Those are people all coming up. Oh, they're announced. Keep... But we have, like, Eli Bolin. Um, he's he's right. on next yeah. season. Uh, Rachel Griffin. Uh, Zoe Sarnak. With some lovely people coming up. I'm I like, do it. I pronounce their names right? I always <laughs> check with them before. <laughs> and you just go by Joshua. Like, there's no Josh or people Josh I, you. It's funny because there's been, like, I can always remember times in my life where people ask that question. And I decided, like, in the past year, like, it's Joshua. Because I would just say something cute, like, oh, whatever rolls off your tongue. Yeah. Just say whatever, you know. And no, I, but you're in charge of your name. Yeah, I thought it would be, like nice to claim ownership to that. Do yeah. I care what people call me? No. Like, I'll say, hi, I'm Joshua, and I'll get, hi, Josh, right back. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't bother me. Really? Yeah, it's one of those names that people do that automatically, and I'm trying to think of other names like that. Um, Jennifer Jenny? Like, if you, yeah, maybe, like, maybe, like, hey, Jennifer, like, I'm, no, I feel hey, like you, I call people You say Jennifer. Jennifer, yeah, right, yeah. I don't know if I'm sensitive to it, because it's, like, I'll call someone what they right. introduce themselves as, I don't know. Yeah. Like, See, I'm the opposite. I've always I have a one syllable name, Joel, and so I've never been able to shorten it to anything. Yeah. Like, there's just it'd be like Joe, Joe, but J- I mean, Joseph, Joe. I mean, that might be one that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's Joshua. names are interesting. And I they are. It was it was it was weird introducing you to our company today, Josh Kite. So it was like Josh, me Joshua, mm-hmm. Joshua, me Josh, and Josh, Joshua, Josh, 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 Josh. Doesn't matter. Names. What what's in a name? Yeah, I don't know. Someone said that. Uh, I think he um, he's dead. He is. He's re- really dead. This is something new. This is something <laughs> new. Um, so as as the as New Work Wednesdays continues to develop, who would you like to have on? Like who who's on your wish list? Ooh. Ooh. Put it out there. Put it out um, there, Joshua. I mean, part of it is finding these people that almost no one has heard of, and then on the other side, I would like to get that sense of people that have multiple Tony Awards or, you know, and sure, give the... Sure. Uh, give your viewers... Give a, the viewers yeah. a little taste of them as well, because they're just as human as the rest of us. Absolutely. And that's that's also the exciting thing of... I mean, I feel like you would do it. Like, Lin-Manuel. Right. You know, like... He, he's... I mean, he's definitely doesn't need any more publicity, but, <laughs> like, Hamilton... Have you seen it? I have not yet. Have it? I will see it when it transfers. It, it's... Fantastic. So it's <laughs> it's great. Um, I've been trying to get him on this show too. Yeah, I mean, he's so come to our shows. Come, come. Uh, I haven't asked him yet. I think uh, Adam Guan and I are talking. Cool. Coming on. I think I saw his name downstairs signing in today. So he was doing something here today. I don't know what. That's fancy. Stalking. <laughs> um, Us. Uh, That's exciting. And I also like. Um, the variety of writers that you have on uh, as far as, like, the the kinds of work that they're all working on, and also, like, I feel like it's very equal in term, terms of, uh, like, like you, you have just as many women on as you have men. And uh, just, and that's, I think that's just on my mind because this is, you know, Tony Award season and we have more female-nominated writers um, than... I think in history or something like that. It's or it's like it's it's been a while since we've had so many female writers nominated the same season. Is that yeah, right? I mean, I started doing these. It's been about a year I've been working on this project, and mm-hmm. almost to like the day we almost like started filming like last year. Oh, it was, this may have been like your episode. Whoa! We should check that out. We should. I'll check my calendar after this interview. But, awesome. um, 
I it was like the time like the Oscars or something came out like the nominations and like it was all like male directors and all I don't know what it, it's just been on the front of my mind because I I don't understand why we aren't at a point where we're giving everyone the platform to succeed yep regardless of gender regardless of race and that's like a huge one in musical theater as well like yeah it's, it's huge and I there there are these voices that are so deserving and these are these stories that are going to open our eyes into new things mm-hmm. because they don't come from suburban housewives <laughs> like, I mean I would love a Desperate Housewife musical sure someone's working on it um, but like, I and I, I get excited by like Shonda Rhimes on television who like you you can kind of trace like she had her Grey's Anatomy you know and it's then suddenly like scandal comes up and now she's got how to get it with murder and she has these leading actresses and she is in such a powerful position it's very exciting to watch I just kind of want to see that happen with musical theater I do see it as well Crossroads Shonda Rhimes wrote Crossroads <laughs> Crossroads starring Britney Spears oh I don't know if I I know this what do you know the movie right no. Britney Spears <laughs> starred in a feature film called Crossroads. Was this like the only film she did? Yes. This is like 2000 and like 2, 2003. See, I, I was in my shell then. <laughs> your, your, your shell called childhood? Or yeah. Your... <laughs> I wasn't allowed to listen to Britney Spears. I see. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, check it out. It's on Netflix. Okay. It co stars. Um, Zoe Saldana before she was f- big and uh, Pensatucky from Orange is the New Black. <laughs> Her official Pensatucky, right? Pensatucky. <laughs> um, so check that out. I can't Gingy believe Cohen it. worked on Gilmore Girls. Speaking of Orange is the New Black. Really? I've been, been binge watching Gilmore Girls. Well, you have to. It's on Netflix. It's um, yeah, your and not given name, right now. She was like a producer or something. That's crazy. And I was like, huh. All, it all makes sense. Yeah, it's all the same show. They're just <laughs> That's what they're saying. You know, Orange is the Black is the Gilmore girl, Girls of this. Uh... Gilmore Girls. Yeah. <laughs> Gilmore Girls. Can you imagine if Lorelai Gilmore was uh, on that series? <laughs> Let's just think about that for a minute. <laughs> I don't know. So so you've had a lot. Of, you've had 21 guests. Yes. And, and more down the pike, I'm sure. Uh, which have any of your guests surprised you as far as, like... I don't always meet them beforehand. Yeah. And sometimes I'm going... It's like a blind date where I get all of... They answer all the questions and I'm answering none of them. Uh, <laughs> like, it's kind of like there's a man and I'm just talking. Like, this is nice because I know you and, yeah. like, you know, it's fine. But, like, coming in and meeting a stranger for the first time, like, it's kind of like... You don't even know where their comfort zone yeah. starts or ends. It can be a little uh, nervous. Um, so, and I also, like, don't always know how they are as people and right. how they will behave. And like this person's really socially awkward, which yeah. describes most of us. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, but uh, Stephanie Johnstone came in mm-hmm. and she started telling her story of what... And do you know, do you know her? I don't. So but... she took... I don't remember if it was a year. It's, it's on the episode. But she took time off to do Occupy Wall Street and be a part of that. And she is someone that full-heartedly is marrying activism and now composition. 
and she did a U.S. tour in houses, um, talking, like, giving stories of things that people normally would not be comfortable talking about. Uh, and she just came with such this this open heart. Um, and I was floored, really. Yeah. And we got the opportunity to work together again. She had created two choral pieces um, that involved the audience singing as well. I love that. And premiered them in a church on the Upper West Side. Was that where we were, I think? Uh, and so we had the opportunity to do that in this choir. And she's all about, like, she calls it real people singing in a, a chorus. Like, she mm-hmm. wants the the sound that she's looking for is so human and not clean and pretty. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and just the way she manipulates and uses the choral vocabulary to her advantage to get these messages across. And she's just a born collaborator and human who also has a podcast on sex. I did not know that. Yeah. What's it called? Sex for Smart People. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. So Look she subscribed. She just, uh, <clears throat> I was very surprised. I, like, I I didn't really have expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and then she came in and I was like, whoop, okay. This this woman is fantastic. Um, over over this past year, you've honed your skill as a host as well. Like, have you ever hosted anything before, or to what extent? Well, in in middle school, yes, there was like the big end of the year talent show, and me and my rival, they thought it would be funny if we hosted together, and so we like developed a show and we hosted that. And then throughout high school, like I always wanted to be the host for snow days or homecoming, and these are all dances and that had like talent shows to go with. Uh, I wouldn't, I don't know if that experience has helped any, um, (laughs) to be honest. And then back in middle school, there was like a time we did a radio show, like we took a field trip to a radio show place in Minnesota and they let us like film, like do a fake radio show that I think they actually air for like the surrounding five miles that the radio signal goes to. And we did, like, a game show, and then we were talking about the weather, and, like, I just had so much fun, like, being there and just being, talking, and yeah, I don't know. So, uh... So something about that stuck, Something obviously. about it, yeah. And I don't know, like, I, I think that I've gotten better, I hope. I mean, I think you have to. The more you do it, the easier exactly. it gets, exactly. and... What's your approach? Like, how do you, how, how do you prepare? A host prepares. I do a lot of stalking. I, I try to see what there is. And then the other part of it is f- finding a way into that thing behind the initial shell that everyone puts up. Right. And we all do it. When we meet someone, we have that, like, that layer. And I just... And it's not to, like, get, like, the darkest stories out of them. It's just I want... I think where the connection happens is behind... The facade. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Frank Walton. Unless he recuse. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I, that that really excites me when we're talking, and then all of a sudden you just get this piece of someone mm-hmm. out, and it just keeps building, and you just. I, I think that that's the exciting thing of like where someone can watch and see the connection and the see the similarities that they have with this person and their journey apart from like, well, I write music. 
Yeah. You know, and like, I went to music <clears throat> school, and then now I'm writing musicals, and... There are a couple people that didn't do those things, but across the board, like, for 21 episodes, like, we don't need to keep hearing that people went to college, and... <laughs> right. You know, it, it depends... Their journeys are all different. Yeah. Maybe not on paper, but their journeys are all different. Yeah. So, so a cool thing about your your web series, other than it's just awesome in general, is that at the end of every episode, you sing a song written by that day's guest or guests. Which song has been the toughest to sing and why? <laughs> uh, the toughest song was, frankly, uh, was probably Drew Gasparini's, who writes for soaring tenors, tenors. Beltane soaring tenors. And yeah. he has such, like, this grounded earthiness to him that just soars up there. Yeah. Um, he was on your show, and people yeah. could listen to that episode in the past. It was like two or three or something, 103 or something. I don't remember. He was episode 201. 201. I knew it was a two, <laughs> a, a one, and a zero. You're episode 313. I like that. Yeah. 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 Nice and lucky. Mm. Uh, my shaman <laughs> likes the, I'm a nine, so he likes all the, the threes. All these really? Threes, yeah. You have a shaman? I do. Like in your pocket or like... Well, on my phone, but yeah. he's, he's in Richfield, Minnesota. Actually, okay. I think he moved, but... And you're Minnesota. a Minnesotan. I am a... Minnesotanite? Minnesotan. Minnesotan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the question? Oh. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But Soaring Tenor... Challenging songs. Yeah. Drew. And what I song was, was it? Uh, we were doing Last Loser in the Universe, which I love. Mm-hmm. It's about a magician, and I wanted to be a magician when I grew up. So, like, I related to it instantly, but... I still have all my magic tricks and tricks in a bin, but he wouldn't modulate for you. He wouldn't transpose. I didn't ask. I like sometimes I feel weird of like I'm. I don't. You know, <laughs> and I think there is a lower key now. And I was like, oh great. Um, but I also that was like a couple weeks away from me getting my tonsils taken out because they were like the size of golf balls. So I just wasn't like in a great vocal place to begin with. <laughs> Uh, luckily, like, he, I mean, he was there. He was a, a champ. But yeah, that was, like, yeah. the one that I was probably most afraid to sing on camera. And then I was like, but it's not about perfection no, in this at all. No, and not at all. And just gotta throw it out there. I, I guess I can also add that in this upcoming season, we are adding some guest singers as well. Ooh. Is that just about Joshua Hink anymore? <laughs> yeah, the Joshua Hink show. Well, and... <laughs> as the, someone who also has a, basically, a Joel <laughs> B. New show. Well, the, the reason that... I started off that way, one, for simplicity's sake. Like, you try scheduling all that together, it's just like... Oh, I know, I know. Uh, The other was I didn't want it to be about a performance of me doing this, or, like, of anyone doing the song. I wanted it to be just, like, a shared sharing of the song. So we've talked about your uh, developing your style as a host, but um, what have you learned by being a host? A lot of us are all very self-conscious, uh, and I also edit, so, like, I, you know... Oh, I edit this. Yeah. yeah. So I sound real smart at the end of these edits. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's... Because there are times where I'll be asking a question, and I'm like, no, I want to ask a different question, and I want to... You know, and the thing is that on something that can be edited, you can say, you can be like, let's drop. Yep. Here's the question. Um, if you, like, find yourself... And, like, be open to not having a perfect question come out because mm-hmm. I make so many mistakes on that show I mean this, it's it's not it, I would have to be a superhuman alien monster to sit down and ask all the perfect questions in the right amount of time 
with six people in the span of two days. Yeah. Um, and that's not fair. That's not nice to yourself if that's yeah. what you're expecting of yourself. And But, I mean, the, the thing is, is, like, keeping the conversation going. Mm-hmm. And I don't, like, none of them have been bad dates. But there are people who are, like, their responses can be very short to the point. And it's finding a way to get them to expand and ramble like I'm doing now of like <laughs> just you're doing talking. my job for me which is nice just it's nice on. It's, it's nice to be a host to talk to another host it's I mean, just I haven't been in this position ever I'm like wow I'm just I guess I have so much to say <laughs> who knew uh, it also I knew. To, to answer the original question um, glad do you remember it uh, is the listening and I think it has helped it has it has helped me be a better listener whether that's like an awkward first tinder date or in life and i do not always succeed like it is a hard thing in this world with all the noise going on yeah to sit down with someone and listen listen and, and turn talk your phone off and respond and yeah it's been it's helped you know key in and I, I always just feel so wonderful at the end of the day like meeting these people that are so special to this industry and also just to the world and, like, what they bring. And I just get very excited. I just vibrate for the rest of the day. I think as the years go by... Yes. You you experience more life and you bring that into your work. And I feel like... Because I'm preparing for this show coming up. If we... Like, based on my last cabaret, I was a... In a different place in life. Yeah. There were, like, things that have now just kind of, like, opened up and changed, and my opinions have changed. Like, if you want to know a horror story, I recently got back on OkCupid, and my profile, which they apparently saved when you delete it, was still there from 2011. And you know how you, like, answer all those questions? Yeah. And um, you, like, write stuff about yourself. How I view the world has just kind of opened and expanded. And I think you have to be open to experiencing life. Or you're just, you're just doing a thing. Yeah. And it's, you have to, yeah, you have to go through life. And I'm always looking for that adventure. I come from a love of new musical theater and like have been a part of developing new works and new operas and... I can come in and I bring my experience in musicianship, most of the time, uh, <laughs> to a piece and so that we don't have to take too much time working that side. Mm-hmm. And, like, simple storytelling. You know, again, like, it is about the presentation of the music and not so much me. But also as a host, it's nice that, you know, you can... you. It's about feeling the energy in the space, like, with an audience. Like, the audience doesn't... It, it like changes. It you have to edit it so that it can reach more people, you know. And yep. that, that's yeah. something that I'm still coming at blind <laughs> and tweaking. Yeah. Uh, but we when you're are. sitting there next to someone and you don't have the potentials of millions of thousands of people that it could reach at one point in the room with you, you want to create in that moment the best energy of the other person to put out there. And I feel like on stage, when you have that, you can sense a whole audience. What's great is getting a pile of six songs and learning them in a day or two. 
Yeah, that yep. definitely kicks whatever side of the brain that needs to be kicked awake uh, into gear. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Um, easier now that I have a piano in my apartment. That is nice. Uh, that I can go and sit down and go through them because I don't have the... Uh, there's so many songs. And there's also a reason why I'm like splitting them up because I was like, you can take, you can find ways to take, to not make it so hard. It doesn't have to be so hard. Like, yeah. give focus on these things so that they actually get a good representation of the song so I don't show up and I'm like, oh, um, how does this go? How does this go? Yeah, um, so being quick and being able to, like, practicing that muscle of learning music yeah. is also great for auditions and sides. And yeah. No, you were, you... you were great today. You know, uh, Joshua came in today and learned a quick little ditty, and, you know, you already kind of had it in your back pocket, but there were a couple of sections where, you know, Joshua's musicianship really aided him, and it sounds like New York Wednesdays kind of forces you to keep that finely tuned. Yeah, I mean, and it's important to keep it tuned, because it... It will it'll rust. I hope, and I. it's one of those things that you develop, because in an audition room, and even in a show, you want to be able to communicate who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. And so being around people and kind of getting that embrace of humanity to help exercise that muscle of, like, letting your guard down so that you can be vulnerable. Right. And that, I think, hosting, which I think can be a very, like, it's, the show rests on the shoulders of the host a bit, mm-hmm. and it can be a very vulnerable position if it's going wrong, and you're there, and like a camera's not working, and the lights are broken, and yep. you know, and you have to just be open to that. And it's a good reminder of like take that energy with you into an audition room. If you hit a wrong note, it's not about the note; it's yeah. about how you're handling it. Like, and yeah, do they want to work with you? Talk to me about mess. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. That's happening in, like, less than a week. A week. Yes, less than a week. In less than a week. (laughs) Sorry, did I just make you fall off your stool? No, I was (laughs) like, it's Monday. It is. It is Monday. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's happening on Saturday late at the witching hour. Yeah. 11.30. That's when the good shows are. I actually Wikipedia the witching hour. I like to do this whenever I use a phrase. Because sometimes you're like, does this mean what I think it means? The other day I was talking, I, I said, like, you know, oh, we drank the Kool-Aid. And my Aunt Rebecca was like, do you know what that... And she had, she, like, apparently it was, like, it's a phrase from, like, a real thing. And, like, people drank Kool-Aid and had poison in it and they died. And, um, yeah. Like cults, right? Like a cult. Yeah. Yeah. But continue. Um, I, so I looked up the definition and it's like... Yeah, what you got? You know, midnight, which is when their magic is the most powerful. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of approaching it that... Uh, for this show in particular, and this version of it, this is the hour to do the show. Wow! Um, in to get yeah. comfort myself and like give into that. Um, I am Stephanie Carter's directing. She has been by my side this whole time as I've been writing and just mm. like venting to her and throwing these insane ideas at her. Um, <laughs> just watching her be like, uh, uh, you know, and. Now that everything kind of has a shape, like, yeah. putting it on its feet, um, Scott Wasserman, who is the beat master on Hamilton. I've heard big things about him. He, he, he did Puzzled. He did a couple of my arrangements for oh, no Puzzled. Way. Yeah, that's how we were introduced. And he, 
Like, if you know, like, sometimes you meet people that can just read your mind. He is someone that I could be like, yeah, um, it's like, and he would, like, fully orchestrate it and have it to me in, like, a day. This is the conversation that happened. We were sat down at coffee, and we went from the show, and I was like, here are the ideas. And at this point, the show was kind of up in the air. I mean, the show came out of a drawing that I did at 2 a.m., and I was like, that's the show. I have a show. From a drawing. Yeah, and that's normally how I start, and I can't draw, but I'll start from a visual place of, like, that is the image of the show, and it just means something to me, and, like, that's where we go. And, like, I drew the poster, and then from that, I was like, okay, here's what happens, here's where they fit, here's what things, and you start shifting that around. So we have Stephanie that is just there and grounded and brings so much joy into what she's doing, and, and then we have you, well, I'm yeah, I'm yeah, one, I'm, who, I'm one of the featured songwriters. Yeah, who yeah. has created so generously this song, which I won't say anything nope, about. No, you don't need to say anything about. Um, it. But I'm so excited to share it. With I'm you. excited to hear it. Like, I, you know, there's an element of like I don't know what's gonna happen at the end of this evening. Like, am I gonna like the lights will go out, and then everyone like I don't know. Are they gonna look at me like what was he? on like is this like is he okay like i you know like <laughs> there are so many obscure references that like are from my childhood mm. and my life okay and i, I don't know th- i'm not normal um and i'd hope that like if there's one person in the audience that like gets one of the references each time like great i i had to write a like description of the show for the website for people yeah, yeah, below yeah. and i was like i don't i don't know how to say this show cuz like so much of it is about the experience of being there as it happens. And it's not, like, about any one thing. Right. I find those assignments very helpful, though. Like, when, when yeah. they ask, you know, you need to give me a summation of what you're about to do. I mean, I just said it was a show about everything and nothing. For the podcast listeners, it's a show that is examining order and chaos. And creation and, you know, disorder and acceptance and rejection and these big things but I'm I'm approaching it in a way that's very different for how I'm used to telling the story and how I think I don't know I mean very different from a show that I've seen in 54 below which is exciting to me when is it again May 16th it's a Saturday night Saturday night at 11:30 11:30 get there at 11 doors open at 11 get there at 11 get good seats get good seats sit by me um, find Joel be new. So now it's time to set up the song super duper fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joshua was kind enough to uh, learn and perform uh, a, a new ditty called Half of My Heart from Mackenzie and the Missing Boy, accompanied by Josh Kite. It was so much fun. It was really fun, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe too much fun. Maybe. I don't know. We'll let them decide. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is Half of My Heart. Uh, remember, this performance will be available on SoundCloud. And the individual sheet music will is on repertoire, both free downloads until the next episode. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so hope you like it, and then you can sing it. Uh, be sure to become a premium subscriber, a perfect investment for voice teachers, burgeoning musical theater writers, and my fellow Broadway nerds in general. Uh, follow me on all things social media, and you may find those links and so much more on JoelBenew.com. 
Uh, visit Joshua's websites, which are joshuahink.com and newworkwednesdays.com. Subscribe to, rate, review this podcast, tell your friends all about it. Uh, the next episode, I think it's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be singer-songwriter Kate Steinberg, who's amazing, and uh, she has an original musical called Rescue Rue. Um, that was Paul? Maybe. No, no, it's about a little dog. It's about a dog. Uh, it was a puppet musical that, uh, that happened last year, and uh, they continue to develop that. And her upcoming EP, uh, which is probably going to be, I assume, a very, very sexy thing. Special thanks to Peyton Royal at Website Lines, Stephanie Layton at Red Scandal Graphics, today's accompanist Josh Kite, uh, True Voice Studios NYC for hosting us again today, uh, and my PayPal donors, especially um, Aaron Roberts Hall from San Diego. Thank you, Aaron, uh, for supporting something new. Yay, Aaron! Woo! And last but not least, Joshua Hink, thanks for being on my show today. Thanks for having me. It's so much fun you. getting to fi- finally interview you. You're finally, finally after all these all years, this time. asking you and begging asking you to be on my show again. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Well, seriously, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a yeah. joy and an honor. I'm glad to be here. And everyone, come listen to Joel's song at... At Mess! At Mess! On the 16th. Yes. 11.30. Yes. I'll be there. It's coming. I can't wait. It's coming. <laughs> Fly, you fools. Fly, you fools. To Mess! <laughs> to the Mess! From True Voice Studios at Columbus Circle, this is Joel B. New. And Joshua Hink. Saying thank you for dropping by for something new. Just in case I, I kidnapped half of your heart We should turn ourselves in If we were both half as smart Oh well, you kidnapped half of my heart Yeah, you, you kidnapped half of my heart